0: Notes from the Upper West Side A Novel by Dan Wrench Chapter 97 A World of Gruff The phone rang right after I finished that last chapter, and I picked up the old cell, and it was Junior. When she took off to California, I gave her a special ringtone. Three blind mice, because it reminds me of the Three Stooges. I figure when she blows parp, it's got to be at least a little bit like Curly getting Moe's finger in the eye. I picked up. Hold on, I said gruffly. Junior is in for a world of gruff. Boys, your mother is on the phone, I called out. The boys came running from their room. Don't run, I said. She'll still be here when you finish sauntering. Make the bitch wait, I thought. Junior calls the kids every night, almost. They don't seem to miss it when she doesn't, though, so fuck her. You know? I wandered down to their room and looked in just kind of idly and noticed they had stacked up on Harry's bed all of their stuffed animals. Fuck, I thought. It's like they're a couple girls. I decided I'd get them some trucks and video games with shooting. Something to buoy them up. I went over and touched the big pyramid of cloth giraffes and horses and monkeys and it fell over onto the floor and the animals didn't scatter. They just hung together in a big, faux fur clump. When I looked closer, I could see they had been glued together. All of them glued as with glue. I looked around and on one of the boys' little metal desks was an almost empty tube of rubber cement. I was just taking this in. No time to think about getting the boys to clean it up or ask what the hell they thought they were doing when they appeared at the door to their room. It's not mommy, Harry said. He had the phone in his hand. It's a man. Sam was right behind him. He looked at the clump of stuffed toys on the floor and then up at my eyes. We stuck them, he said with a big grin on his face. I took the phone. I was already steaming. I mean, this could be only one man, right? What? I said into the phone. You know, Gruff. Sorry to bother you, the voice said. It wasn't Parp." You don't know me, but one of our drivers just found this phone in his taxi, and your number was in it under emergency contact? I was pretty thrilled the guy wasn't parp. Then I gig cackled. Well, (laughs) wives will be wives. I gig cackled again. The guy didn't want to be chatty, but if he'd been in a different mood, we could have talked all night about him not being parp. I took his information and emailed Junior. You left your damn cell in a damn cab. The dispatcher is a guy named Al or Alv and they're located in Jefferson Park. He says if you suck his cock, you can have your phone back. I told him, no prob. Of course, I forgot to tell her how to reach him, so I had to send a follow-up with the phone number and the name of the cab company. You may be thinking I was a little rough with the twat. Think again. The last time she called here was three nights ago, and she was extra cruel. Now, I haven't gotten to the whole part about her taking off on me and the boys with Parp or any of the circumstances around it, but she was pretty vicious when she left. I mean, I tried to hide the whole Cami thing from her and the whole Fat Fern thing, and a couple other things I haven't mentioned yet. These things that I did, I definitely did not rub her face in them. But the day she admitted she'd been blowing parp, she went out of her way to make me feel suicidal about it. She could have been handing me a loaded shotgun and painting a bullseye on the back of my throat. It was practically performance art the way she tortured me. The twat. You will soon feel the bite of my revenge, I said out loud. Harry stepped out of his room. Did you call me, Daddy? I was just saying I was gonna grab a bite, you boys want anything? In the month or so since she's been out there in LA or Burbank or Santa Monica or, or wherever they are, she's been pretty good about not making me feel like crap when she calls the boys. Then, like I said, three nights ago she called, and she was an evil cunt. Extra evil. Which is why tonight I was extra gruff. See, usually when she calls up, I can say, How are you? And she can say, Fine. Like grown-ups. But night before night before last, I said, How are you? Well. What's wrong? I just find it hard to sit after a good cornholing. She giggled and then said, Don't you? And she giggled some more, only it wasn't a real giggle. It was like she was reading the words ha-ha off a cue card. Ha-ha. I was so ambushed I handed the phone to whichever boy was closest while her sadism sank in. It washed over me in waves. I couldn't believe it. I wanted to grab the phone back out of Harry's hands and smash it so she could never speak to either one of them ever again. I should have done that, you know, but I just stood there, stunned. I couldn't even eavesdrop while the boys were talking to her. It was like this is what I am now a doll for her to stick pins in, randomly, casually. Not a human being, but a thing that exists for her to break and burn but I had a childhood. I had dreams. I still do. So make a plan to murder the bitch and get on with your life, I told myself. And then I thought, fuck it, I have to finish this book. She and Parp will feel the karma then. This is my mission. I mean, what a fucking cunt. How could she possibly complain about anyone else hurting her for the rest of her life? What right has she got now? Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2022, by Dan Reg.